0: Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, we're in the studio. It's opening day. Everyone should be taking the day off. (laughs) Ned, where are you drinking today?
1: Well, uh, we'll for a while because the Cardinals and Royals both play this afternoon. But, hey, it, it, it is. It should be a national celebration. And interestingly enough, all teams are opening up today. That wasn't always the case because the oldest franchise in Major League Baseball is the Cincinnati Reds, so there was always an unwritten agreement that they would be the first team to play, and they were for many years. It wasn't official, it was just a... Oh, kind of a nod to the fact that Cincinnati was the oldest team. Anyway, that has since gone by when the Reds moved from Crossley Field to Riverfront Stadium. That tradition diminished, but the Reds are almost always at home, and they are today. They play the Pittsburgh Pirates, always at home on opening day. But so are the Cardinals and the Royals, and hey, it is a very, very big deal.
0: So um,
1: Cardinals, Royals, let's start with the Cardinals first. Who's the starter? Miles Michaelis is going to get this start in the absence of Adam Wainwright, who had been penciled in as the starter, but he has a muscle injury brought about by training in the weight room during the World Baseball Classic. So he's out probably for the better part of a month. Miles Michaelis who was 12 and 13 last year but just signed a new two-year contract. He's going to get the start. That's for the Cardinals for the Toronto Blue Jays and this is the first time ever that the Cardinals have opened up in interleague play. Toronto's going to send a big kid to the mound and he is he is big to say the very least. His name is Alec Manoa. He is of Cuban descent but he played his college baseball at West Virginia of all places in the Big 12 Conference and he's pretty good. <laughs> he is also pretty big. He is six foot seven, 285 pounds, and this guy can bring it. He was third in the Cy Young Award voting last year in the American League, had 16 wins for the Blue Jays. He'll be a load to handle for the Cardinals. So is Michaelis against Manoa. Neither is likely to go the distance because this is the first game of the season, but it should be fun. Now over in Kansas City, the Royals are entertaining the Minnesota Twins. The Royals are going to send Zach Greinke to the hill. He's an original Royal back in 2004, and he's now back with the Royals. He wasn't very good last year, but neither were the Royals. He had a four-to-nine record, and Zach still can bring it at age 39 years, and he'll he'll do well. At Zach Greinke, Zach Greinke, I should say, going for the Royals. Pablo Lopez will pitch for the Minnesota Twins, and this will be his first assignment with the Twins during the winter. Lopez came over to Minnesota from the Miami Marlins in a trade for Aries, who is a very fine player that's a great trade Lopez 10 and 10 for a rather mediocre team the Marlins last year good pitching assignment up in Kansas City so
0: this year they were going to look at the pitch clock and they actually did call some strikes and called some itch- situations with uh that pitch clock rule I mean it was obvious that it was going to shorten the game and make it quicker because you got you got guys up there that'll walk in and out of the box and of course you got pitchers trying to control the the speed of the game it, you know it's psychological I get it but if you
1: want to make it faster you got to make him follow the rule and it works it does it's almost a half an hour faster the average mi- uh, minor average spring training game I should say was almost 30 minutes faster than the uh, games of last year. So the pitch clock and its effect is having a very strong relationship with baseball. It does make the pitchers work quicker, of course. It's 15 seconds if there's nobody on base, 20 seconds if somebody's on base, and the batter has eight seconds to get ready in the batter's box as opposed to fooling around with this batting glove (laughs) and all this (laughs) foolishness that goes on. So yeah, the games will be quicker, no question about it. Yeah, the
0: NCAA ladies... Championship happening tomorrow night.
1: What are the odds? Uh, This is Championship Weekend for both the men and the women. The women play their semis tomorrow night and their championship on Sunday, and the men uh, really kind of an opposite extreme on the calendar. They are Saturday and Monday, So the championships are coming up. The ladies don't normally have their games posted in Las Vegas, but when championship time comes around, there is a spread put on the games. So the four teams who are playing tomorrow night at the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, which is a huge arena, it's a palace as a matter of fact, and interestingly enough, the uh, Texas Rangers don't play too very far away, and they'll open their season tomorrow afternoon, this afternoon I should say, against the Philadelphia Phillies. But LSU will play Virginia Tech in the first game. Now, keep in mind here, Virginia Tech was a number one seed, and yet they are an underdog in their game. They're playing LSU, and LSU, Kim Mulkey's team, is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a virtual pick. So LSU gets a slight nod over Virginia Tech. The other game surprises me a little bit. The national champions, South Carolina, winners of 42 straight games. 42 straight. They are going up against Iowa and the National Player of the Year, Caitlin Clark, who is a tremendous scorer, had 41 points in her last outing. Iowa is an 11 and a half point underdog. South Carolina, 11 and a half points. That's a lot of points to give up to a very good high-scoring team. We'll see what happens, but they are the, the semifinal games tomorrow night, and the men play on Saturday, so it's a great weekend of sports in every single respect.
0: Hell yeah. So you did mention that it is championship week, and
1: overall, what about the uh, NIT championship tonight? That is tonight, and it's out at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. First time ever, ever that it has not been played at Madison Square Garden. First time ever. Is that a good thing? <laughs> Fans don't seem to think so. They aren't showing up in Vegas. Here's the championship game, and this is a bit of an anomaly. Keep in mind now that the NCAA owns the NIT. Purchased it about, oh, I guess maybe 10, 12, 14 years ago from a private firm. So the NCAA seeds these team. Somebody wasn't looking very carefully. The championship game matches North Texas Against Alabama Birmingham, wait a minute! Aren't they in the same conference? Yeah, they are. They're conference USA. Well, how many times have they played this year? Well, this will be number four. Yeah, that's not good seating at all. Somebody dude. wasn't paying attention. Yeah, that's not
0: good. <laughs> Especially with when you look at how good those teams are. You know, I mean, it's you've just got like
1: thirty-two teams in this it, tournament. It'd, be,
0: it'd be like putting Houston and Alabama in the South.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Together, well, you know that'd be an issue. <laughs> but when the same conference is pitted against yeah. you, now it has happened before. I remember when Kansas played Oklahoma for the national title back in 1988. But, hey, it's a, it's a rarity. This time, fourth time they played. <laughs> so what have they done in the other three games? Well, in the first ones, Alabama-Birmingham won the first two during the regular season. We got the conference championship. Hey, North Texas won. So game number four... <laughs> Who knows what might happen? They're both very equal. But four times, and it's a national championship, the crowd will be you know, 10 or 11, somewhere around there. Now, I'm being facetious, it'll be more than that, but it isn't drawing very well. It's a lot of a
0: lot, of opportunity for some uh, chocolate chip making this weekend, let's just say bet. that. Mm-hmm. All right, last but not least, uh, Missouri State. Needs to ride the ship, and is playing baseball this weekend. They
1: both have conference games. The Bears are on the road, and the Bears do need to win. They've lost seven straight games playing Illinois State up in Normal, Illinois. The Bears have to get their game back together. They know it. They don't need the media or anybody else to tell you. They know they're better than this, and I hope that they prove it this weekend. Bears and Illinois State, three games up in Normal, Illinois. Drury will play four games, and they'll play them all at the U.S. Ballpark in Ozark. And who are they playing? It's a conference opponent. Southwest Baptist University Bearcats from Bolivar coming down here to play four games against Drury. That should be very interesting indeed. Four games, have a single one tomorrow, doubleheader Saturday, single game on Sunday, all here in town in the Ozarks. Well, it's in Ozark, which is virtually in town. So we should see some very good baseball.
0: I think Ned's telling, what his, telling us what his dance card is going to be this weekend. you have a good one? <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, sir.